Yeah, welcome back to another episode of Use from the World. I'm here now with my co-host Sam, and we would like to welcome you today again. And yeah, I hope we'll have a very interesting and insightful episode for everyone to take away some stuff to discuss with us as well in the future. So welcome, Sam. Hey, Toby. Pleasure to be with you and pleasure to chat about our encounters with new cultures. Excellent. Let's do this. So I guess uh, today is my turn to give you a little bit of my personal experience and I would like to reflect uh, upon it with you. So let's just ju jump right into it. Um, right. So one episode of my travel experiences or work experiences was that I actually, during my studies, I had to do a six months uh, compulsory um, internship abroad mm -hmm. and um, one in Germany, one abroad. And from all places, I looked at uh, well, one position, very attractive position for me, at least in India. Okay. So I, I didn't, you know, it was a, it's a, it's last than two. It's a big organization, 50,000 plus people working for that organization. Of course, not very well known, at least wasn't well known to me back then in Europe. And um, they is, is a conglomerate. So they do a lot of things. But uh, what they were looking for in that position was somebody to help them. Uh, they were um, providing e-engineering solutions. So basically okay. designing, yeah, in the, in the, back in the days, it's like 10 years, oh, it's more time with 15 years ago, I guess. Uh, they were modeling, um, things like CAD, uh, uh, 3D modeling in the computer. So like engine blocks or whatever that you don't need to build them, but you can test them in the computer first. So you say gotcha. how thick the metal should be or whatever pressure it has to resist. They just tested this in rather complex uh, fashion and they wanted to offer these services, which were uh, obviously, um, yeah, digital to clients in Europe and had a, a difficulty to, um, yeah, to get into the pilot phases of uh, new, uh, new business, uh, uh, options. And they were targeting uh, major corporations in, in Europe, uh, in Germany also, and they couldn't easily, um, yeah, get the first uh, trials, let's say. And they were thinking, and that was rather smart, smart, I believe, because they had the skills, they had the skills to model these, right. but they didn't, you know, achieve, um, the trust, I, I guess, from the German clients at that point of time. They thought maybe if we have a German speaker to open the door a little bit for us, uh, then they can, you know, yeah, you just prove their worth, worth and then create business out of that. So basically, I saw this ad. Sorry. Interesting. I was going to say, uh, I would have thought that you would need a, a German speaker with some experience, you know, selling products or presenting things. Yeah. So I was, I was, <laughs> exactly. So I was, I mean, in, in retrospect, I also, I'm a bit surprised. I, I'm a, I did a business degree, obviously, but, you know, um, we can explain that on the fly if you come over to India, uh, explain the product, and then be capable at least to, let's say, initiate the conversation, then have the experts join sessions. But that's a long time ago, actually, I think. Great opportunity. Yeah, it was great. And I really, I really looked into it uh, uh, quite, uh, I had many offers, and that one was just a great mix, I guess, because you did sales, you were in India on the ground, you were working for an Indian company, uh, you know, I found this rather exciting. So for me, great. that was a Good, good, um, good start. And I, yeah, I applied for that and I got the position. And then, you know, I don't know. I didn't prepare too much uh, beforehand. So I didn't read up too much about the place where I was going, which is Baroda. It's a city in the northwestern part of uh, India. It's what's it's, the uh, biggest city near uh, the closest biggest city to Baroda? Uh, Baroda, uh, next one is Amdabad. Amdabad oh, is, I, I mean, yeah, but Baroda itself is 2 million. So they are not too small <laughs> in, in European terms, but Bigger than, uh, uh, most cities in Germany. For sure. For sure. I think there's two or three max that are that size, but this is also a mid-sized city, I guess, for Indian right. standards. So 
you know, I, I read about it a little bit about the job. And then, I mean, I didn't prepare too much, to be honest. Uh, I just looked forward for this experience and I jumped on the plane, flew over to India, Baroda. And quite honestly, I envisioned it to be green and to be, let's say, you know, like jungle-like and whatever. Flew over because it's northwestern India. It's Gujarat is the state. So it, it, it was pretty dry. And when I just flew in, it looked all like a desert to me. And I was so surprised. It was really hot. Like It was like 40 plus Celsius. And uh, so I came, I mean, I don't want to explain all the details how I got there because I would like to get to a certain story, which I found very, there were many stories I experienced in India, but I arrived and it was a whole different ball game. So it was uh, huh. the noise, the smell, the impressions, the colors, it was all very intense, very intense. So let, let, let me situate this a bit for our audience. So how old were you? Where have you traveled before uh, outside of Germany? Uh, and uh, to your point, how long were you going to stay there? And yeah. what preparations did you did you make? I know that you didn't make a whole lot of preparation, but surely you, yes. I don't know, packed for, I don't know, uh, you know, a few weeks or you brought some German food. Or, tell us a bit about <laughs> the, sure. the context. So I was, uh, I think I was 22. So okay. it's about 20 years ago. And um, I had before that traveled, um, I did a kind of a world trip before my studies, so a backpacking trip for three months. So I've been uh, uh, to the US, to Philippines, to Australia, to mainly English speaking countries, Fiji okay. and others. But that was just like a backpacking trip. I did some um, voluntary work in Guatemala, where I worked for four months. Uh, um, um, and I had a few travel experiences, but um, work-wise, I had not left the Western world, I would say. Like in my other internship, I traveled to the US, but I have had not been uh, uh, traveling to Asia, for example, um, apart right. from those trips I just mentioned as a backpacker. So I never worked in that part of the world, let's put it like that. Right. And you were still a student, so yeah, you I was never really just work, period. Just a few exactly. Years. It was basically uh, internship years. experience. Yeah, exactly. Not for a proper company. And I'm, this was also an internship, but yeah, uh, I was, li I had limited experience, let's say. Great. And, um, yeah, it was, it, I was excited. I was also curious about India. Uh, and yeah, again, it was uh, intense in all dimensions, not in a good or in a bad way, just intense. It was okay. uh, so many people I got there. Uh, everything's different from the smell, from the uh, noise level and from, let's say, how people travel, how people get from A to B. You know, I, I got there, there was a guy picking me up in a tuk-tuk, so I just put my <laughs> stuff there. Yeah. Let, 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 me, let me get in your head and try to, to take you back to that time. Like, what were your preconceptions about here? You talk about a few of them, but can you give us a... A, a more detailed set of like, what do you expect to see? How do you expect the people to be, you know? Right. Well, uh, let me remember a little bit. I mean, as I mentioned from the place itself, I imagine it green and yeah. kind of jungle-like, yeah, which it <laughs> didn't, wasn't at all. And uh, from the people I had, uh, one um, Indian uh, I met during my study time, he was not studying with me, but he was living on the same floor. Uh, back in the days and I connected with him and I experienced the greatest cooking ever because he just made standard Indian food and I loved it. So I was very, actually very positive, I think, about uh, India as such. The, the, the guy I met was super nice, very polite. So I think uh, my expectations were just, um, yeah, hospitable, nice people, I guess. Um, a bit of, um, yeah, the food I had already experienced and I think culture-wise, I didn't really... 
anticipate or plan as much. I, I don't know. I don't, I can't tell you exactly yeah. what my uh, preconceptions were. I was just excited. I didn't even, I had one or two interviews with the people. I didn't, yeah, it was all um, maybe uncommonly so, uh, not so excellently prepared. I was just, you know, curious about the place and to experience this, uh, this, this country and this uh, job. So great. Yeah. Now let's hear about the, the story. Uh, I can't wait. So you landed <laughs> yeah, in India sure. that, uh, in Baroda Desert. Exactly. I won't go chronologically because it's, uh, there's so much that happened. You know, you jump on this tuk-tuk, you drive to the place. Yeah, I, w I didn't even know, you know, exactly where I was staying. I knew that the company organized that for me and they would pick me up. So I just jumped on that tuk-tuk and then, you know, you for go the through audience, this. A tuk-tuk is uh, a three-wheeler. Three-wheeler, exactly. Three-wheeler guy in front, like a moped with some, uh, you know, <laughs> attached uh, seating position. And then we drove and I just already loved it because uh, so much uh, diversity in the good and the bad way. You had like, um, you know, skyscrapers next to slums. You had... Um, you know, all these cows standing on the streets, uh, <laughs> eating plastic bags. And it was wild. It was really in, in, and intense. And you had never seen that before in, in West No. Had you, had you seen a cow before in Germany? <laughs> a cow, of course. In Germany, <laughs> there's plenty of cows, but I yeah, think but like, none standing wait, on the street. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, cool. it's basically on the, you know, at the farms so outside in the green. Yeah, but there they were obviously yeah, really standing in the middle of the road and just cars and, and uh, bicycles, everybody going around them. And they were not okay. bothered. You know, they were the bosses, you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> they were the of course. Yeah, exactly. The cows are holy in, in that part of India. I think in India in general. Anyways, and then I, um, again, I won't go chronologically, maybe do this in another episode because many, many things happened. But, um, so I, I worked for this company, just two, three, maybe, um, aspects on that one because I was so impressed when I got to that, um, company. Uh, a, f a fellow worker of mine picked me up. We went there by motorbike. So I was on the back of the motorbike. He was driving. That was how most of the people that worked uh, at LNT uh, got to the office and, uh, so I got there and um, I think most of my impression uh, on Indian infrastructure at that time compared to, let's say, German infrastructure was it was not as developed. So uh, it was, uh, you know, the buildings, the roads, everything was um, not entirely uh, comparable, I would say, to the standard back then in Germany. But when we got to the grounds of this business, it was absolutely uh, impressive. So uh, we got in there, uh, they had AC Everybody had like three computer screens in front of them. They had uh, great computers. So it was super high-end stuff. So I was so impressed when I first got to this office. And that is partly because what I also learned later, that almost everybody working there uh, came from the, um, or was educated at the Indian Institute of Technology, which is IIT. kind of the yeah, IIT, which is really top 1%, whatever, students in that area of technology. Many of them had two PhDs working at that company, so they were super well educated. And then I was mainly with the trainees who, you know, started their first job um, at this uh, company, which was, I, I think, was considered to be a great way to enter into other businesses to, you know, have your start into into the work uh, life because LNT was a brand that was recognized, at least in India. And um, so I had lots of really well-educated um, colleagues. I was so impressed by the place and also by the people because they were, right. I can tell from the conversations, they talked, the first day I came, they talked uh, about Bismarck with me and they just started conversations about German history or German or <laughs> European history. So I was very impressed, you know. <laughs> so You were this uh, bachelor student intern thrown right. in the middle of a bunch of PhDs 
Yes. And so there's so many contrasts. You come from a developing from a developed country. This is a developing country. So you're expecting right. less good infrastructure, etc. But mm. at the same time, you are perhaps the least educated of everybody yes. there. And yes. uh, then you're expecting to be in the middle of India, like the greenery, and it's like desert. And then you, everybody, uh, all these PhDs now know the history of Germany. So it's right. basically like a micmac that you can't always, is... ex- stereotypes don't always work. <laughs> exactly. Things are put on the, on the head, I guess. And right, uh, right. so, but again, people very hospitable, very nice, very welcoming. Also always happy to explain very, very, uh, even I would consider like thankful for my curiosity because I was super curious. I was super impressed. Right. I mean, I didn't know how to program CAD uh, model, models in, in this, uh, you know, in the, in the computer, what they did there. So I had a million questions. So I asked, you know, and they were happy to, to, to share with me. So I think it was a great start. Uh, I was quite impressed, as I said, and um, got along well. And um, so, but I, again, there's a million things I can uh, talk about today. But there's two things I would like to focus on in this episode. So one was, um, you know, as you mentioned, I was not obviously an expert. Uh, I was not an engineer and I was not an expert in 3D modeling, you know, both right. I was not well known. Um, I didn't know much about. They trained me like one or two weeks. I was like um, understanding what their offers were, um, what right. they were, you know, aiming at. And then I was pretty much cold calling. So I was cold calling in Germany. And then I, I wasn't cold calling to no names. I was calling to BMW. I was calling to uh, Kuka Roboter. So like really great brands in, uh, uh, in Germany, uh, which we were targeting, you know, to get a kind of a pilot going to just do some basic work. Um, some work they did basically back then was also they had, um, the capability of having like drawings, which were on paper. And to model that in the computer, that was a very basic stuff. Of course, you know, need that at some point. Uh, uh, but then all the way, as I mentioned, like modeling uh, engine blocks and all this more complex work. But we were kind of, um, I guess, um, realistically, back at that time, outsourcing was not such a big thing yet. Um, I think we started with lower end work uh, addressing to these um corporations and um, trying to, let's say, get a, get a job, you know, get just a basic job. So to get things going. And um, yeah, I was, uh, I mean, um, what I found super interesting was that um, how important this culture barrier, what, what, what importance it played because these uh, highly educated Indian experts, right. they had tried to convince any German company to give them some trial work. Yeah. Even at, you know, discount prices, but didn't happen. They just didn't trust, or let's say they didn't accept. They thought that this, uh, you know, outsourcing to India, they were not comfortable with that. Mm. And interestingly, me just being, let's say a, a native speaker and I guess, okay. in you know, getting people nice voice, it's a, it's a phone and, you know, just getting them engaged in a conversation right. that was starting to show some results. So I think uh, that's the first thing I would like to talk about that. How interesting that even though I didn't really know much about the stuff and of course my colleagues late joined me, but to get the first entry, the first trust uh, with somebody that you don't know, if, if my colleagues with the Indian, let's say accent, uh, if they spoke um, to a German engineer, I would oh, say, right. yeah, they just basically didn't trust or didn't go the next step back in those days. And uh, for me, I could it, I could relate. And um, and 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 the actual story I want to tell you is one time I was there for three weeks, maybe. You know, 
they just shouted at me like Tobias, Tobias, can you come? Can you come? I said, okay, what's happening? I went to a, I went to a meeting room, right? There were like 20 people in that room and 20 Indians, yeah, sitting there talking to some client. And that was actually somebody from Germany. We had uh, already, I think I, I'm jumping a little bit now, but we had uh, gotten across a little, a small job. Okay. But they had, they have been speaking to this client for, I don't know, 15 or 20 minutes and they didn't understand each other. So they, they, the Indians didn't get the Germans and the Germans didn't get the Indians. The so Indian. they just said, can you help me? Can you help us out? And I was in such a crazy situation. So I just walked into this room full of really people. And then I spoke like, hello. Yeah. This is, uh, this is Tobias Hedeman speaking. Uh, how can I help you? And then I really could hear a, a sigh of relief on the other end. <laughs> German. Yeah. Like, okay. Okay. And they explained to me and then I explained to the, to, to the staff there or the people there and, and everybody felt a lot relieved. And for me, right. it was such a crazy experience. You know, me not being a, again, an expert, but being the right. bridge. The bridge they needed, the trust they needed, and to initiate the the, the work or the, get things going. So this happened every now and then, and again through time and through I guess on both sides a little bit of um, yeah flexibility and openness. Uh, these things uh, really started working. But for me, the initial thoughts, and I think that was genius by the Indians to get not just me. They had also a French speaker. They had a, a Norwegian. They had like five, six different uh, guys and girls from different parts of the world to create this. Uh, this first level of trust and it actually paid off. So just a, one side note at the end, I had a proper pilot project with BMW and a proper pilot project with KUKA Robotas, which were kind of high end clients still are, I believe uh, in that, in that area. And, and that's a success from an internship, which lasted close to six months. And um, yeah, it was a great, great experience. But again, wow. how impressive that these, you know, initial steps, baby steps, maybe, or, at that time, at least, it was not not working without having a, a native speaker on the ground in India. Wow. wow. Well, this is such a powerful story because I think it has implications for a lot of things, including business. You know, the notion mm -hmm. of how do you hire salespeople? What does it actually mean to sell, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So let's explore it uh, mm -hmm. for the sake of, uh, you know, listeners who might take uh, you know, lessons from it for their, you know, travel for school abroad or, or selling something, etc. So mm -hmm. what is it in your mind that is, what are the things that are behind this lack of getting through or inability to get a contract? We talk about the obvious ones, you know, mm -hmm. uh, people can't under necessarily even understand each other. People mm -hmm. don't necessarily trust each other. Uh, because, yeah. you know, I have to give you some data. I don't know, uh, you know, w what is your intent, et cetera, et cetera. But yes. do you have another, do you have other lenses or other perspectives after having worked with uh, those accounts for a bit of a longer time? Are there, are there other reasons and any, what takeaway should people, I guess, take from this kind of uh, interaction in terms of how do you get to your audience if you are from different cultures? Yes. So I think for sure some of those um, that you just mentioned play a role here. So for example, first of all, uh, really capability of, let's say, speaking properly in English uh, yeah. or understanding each other just on a purely, do I understand the accent right? Yeah. Do I get the information across? Yeah. On that level, I think on the German side, there were some limitations. They were not used to speaking or working with people from, let's say, India. 
and vice versa, maybe even, you know, if you speak to somebody from Bavaria, it's not necessarily easy, even as a, as a native speaker, to get everything clear. And so there was a, a little bit of, let's say, lack of language experience on both sides, I would say. So that's a basic, uh, basic necessity, I guess, to understand each other. Then there's the next level of whether the message you're sending is actually interpreted the right way. So the cultural dimension, yeah? Right. So I think, um, you know, people just, you know, said something. It was not necessarily understood the way it was meant. And then there was confusion. There was misunderstandings and irritations. So that's the two starting mm. points. And then again, as you mentioned, you have information that is maybe sensitive. So you've never worked or never shared that information with somebody outside of Europe, maybe even. So sharing this data with an Indian company for some people might have sounded weird, you know, or surprising, uh, and maybe, you know, whatever, you know, there's, and there's prejudice, as you mentioned, you know, there's maybe a perception of low level quality or low level, whatever, uh, uh, uh let's say from the German side that they might be, um, you know, afraid or uh, maybe have a fear of, um, information getting lost or maybe even misused, you know, for copycats right. or others. So there's many dimensions, I guess, um, that build up, you know, that, that can build up. And it takes time to to uh, to get across as a trustful partner. So I think um, it might have also made sense to just you know meet in person for the first time initially mm -hmm. uh, for the Indian team maybe to go over to Germany. But again, they didn't even get a, a first Me step into the door. Yeah? So <laughs> yeah. Of course, this uh, this channel of just having a voice back then you didn't even have video conference or anything. It was just a voice. So I think. Um, yeah, there were, there were reasons why uh, it didn't get going. And hmm. um, I don't exactly know who had the idea of uh, engaging or employing somebody from, from the local language, especially as an intern. <laughs> but yeah, it, 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 did the, it did the job. So um, I can just say, if you speak to somebody from, let's say, BMW in Bavaria, and you just speak a normal German voice, they think maybe you're sitting next door or sitting in the next village or in the next town, you know? So it makes absolutely no difference which time zone you're in or which place you live in or whatever. It's just, they could imagine, I guess, that there's somebody just living next door, you know? And then right. you have a, a, an easier start. It's not like everybody is then, you know, open to the idea of sharing that information uh, globally. <laughs> but right. yeah, I think uh, that's, that's part of the reasons. And um, I think also, of course, a little bit of lack of maybe experience on the Indian side. Yeah, They didn't necessarily know how Germans manage or how they communicate or what their expectations mm. are. So how there was some... Yeah, how to do business. You know, maybe they talk German. more about relationships first and the Germans mm. wanted to go straight into business. <laughs> so there might have been also those aspects. But I don't even think they got that far. I think they just, you know, started the conversation and pretty quickly ended. And that's end of the story. So they, they were looking for an alternative project. I see. I see. Now let's shift the spotlight back to you and the, and the team, the interactions, etc. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you were an intern. You were basically a high value intern because you were opening doors. Uh, mm -hmm. Similar folks were doing the same, similar folks but in different languages were doing the same thing. Right. How has your relationship with your Indian colleagues evolved? Uh, mm -hmm. Was it always the same? Was, you know, for instance, did you feel useful or used in the beginning? Mm -hmm. Did mm -hmm. you feel appreciated later? Did you get a mm -hmm. sense that the Germans, uh, that the, the Indians sort of, maybe doubted your, your capabilities at first and then warm mm -hmm. up. How has the relationship evolved? Maybe I'm not even thinking about it the right way here, but I just want no, to get a sense of it's what a, it's are a your thoughts. Yeah. I think we have to distinguish a little bit between the people I interacted with. So the, there were many trainees. So in this company, at least the one that I, I interacted with, in the building I was living, there were maybe 60 or 80 uh, trainees, maybe 10 per floor. 
And those were the people I mostly interacted with uh, in the beginning. Those are like young, like I said, graduates from the Indian Institute of Technology. And they had just also started that kind of work life. So they have maybe been there for a year or maybe for two years. So with those, initially, I, I interacted mostly. And then I mentioned those PhD people that, you know, had two degrees. They were maybe in the 40s or 50s. They were the hardcore cracks that basically also had teams underneath them. So in these teams, there was always his trainees. So you had the, the, the big brain guys that had very well-educated uh, trainees, but they were also still kind of starting their work uh, life. And right. those, the ones that I most interacted with and also actually shared a room with one, which I also didn't know before I flew there, that I was sharing a room with some <laughs> colleague. It was another nice ex ex um, surprise. Um, yeah, I was really close with these people. And they were, I think, from the start, super polite and, and respectful. And um, they never questioned, I guess, um, my capabilities or my education even. That was not, not a part of the question. It was just a welcoming and um, openness. I think really, really well uh, sh sharing their experiences. And uh, I think for them it was also exciting yeah, to work with somebody from, let's say, Germany or maybe working with foreigners in general, uh, for them it was also kind of a new experience. I think that they hadn't traveled so much outside of India mm. and they, uh, they were very curious. And, and again, they were open to me and the relationship, of course, once you create some kind of success or have some initial successes, that builds your reputation. I think, um, you know, in my experience, the Indian company I was working for was a traditional one in the sense that it was super hierarchical. So you had this mm. boss who was the boss and there was no <laughs> questions asked and he said something and even I could sense and even talk in, in, let's say in, uh, in trust or in, in peace with some of my colleagues that didn't agree with his judgment. Nobody questioned at all. So this was very much boss saying A and then everybody did A. Yeah. Even though, <laughs> even though I think the trainees sometimes had better ideas or maybe mm. some new approaches and they were totally, but it was very hierarchical, hierarchical in that sense. Um, but yeah, over time, of course, if I, if I uh, uh, initially had some successes, I enjoyed it very much. And then I was also given, I think, um, yeah, more more challenging uh, uh, work and I got closer to, to the more senior people. So that for sure happened. But I think it was not a precondition for me to, to arrive there safely. I felt very much appreciated and very much welcome. I think they all knew, you know, <laughs> the reason I was there it was basically open doors, as you mentioned. Right. And uh, also open just to, for the experience for their own personal interests, you know, talking to me about my experiences and whatever life is like. And, you know, the general question in India, everybody asks you like, how old are you? What's your name? And are you married? This is the standard three <laughs> questions. Or maybe it's what's your name? How old are you? And are you married? That was always the question I was asked a hundred thousand times in that country. And that was basically, you know, also on the private level, you just, um, yeah, it was right. interesting for them and for myself, I guess. Yeah. Great. This is a, a good window into a part of uh, uh, India and a specific type of company within a part of India. I wanted to, in the, in the last three minutes we have uh, for this, ask you a series of rapid fire questions. So please do. Here, the hierarchical nature, was it the same with you as it was with the other Indians at a company at, mm. uh, when you started? And also, did it evolve in the end where you give it more like, I don't know, uh, do you have a voice? So I think it was from the start different. It was softer. Yeah, there was hierarchy and there was clear, clear voices and so forth and so forth. But I think uh, there was a difference in the sense that maybe the boss knew a little bit that maybe our work culture is different, at least in that, at that time. So I, I felt very much uh, differently treated in a certain way. For example, we had a six day work week. 
And every second of these six days, so every second Saturday, I was allowed to travel. Everybody else was working six days a week, six days a week. And I did six days, five days, six days, five days. So I had a bit of a, yeah, but the, the core questions, yeah, special treatment, but uh, in a soft way, I would say. It was still the boss telling what to do, um, but it was a bit softer. I can't say it differently. It was stricter right. and harsher with the others, with the local uh, Indian guys. Yeah. All right. And then um question about these standard questions you get asked. Why do you think it is, uh, or do you ask anybody that, who are you, how old are you, I guess, where you come from, and are you married? What, what are... Why those questions? Why, why do they matter? Why are those the first questions that are asked? I think, and this is really something that happens, I mean, everywhere in India. You, you jump on a bus, somebody comes up to you and just asks these three questions. And, and, and I think it's a kind of an icebreaker. Sometimes people just come up to you, ask these three questions and go away again. And this happens all the time. So I think it's a kind of an icebreaker. It's a kind of a standard. I mean, I don't exactly know. India is a large country in itself with like many, many languages and many uh, individual states. And maybe that's also some people just ask uh, Indian people. It's not necessarily only about foreigners. But uh, this, this, this aspect of are you married, that is, I think, the one that, that jumps out a bit from a European perspective because I was 22 back then, right? I was rather young and, and of course, didn't think in those terms back then. And in those, yeah, in that country, in that culture, of course, it's it's part of life. People get married younger and also, yeah, maybe it's differently uh, arranged or differently planned than uh, how we know it here. Okay. Well, great. This has been a, an exciting 30 minutes about this. I'm sure we have plenty other episodes on India. 